The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. And it's already week three of the NFL season. Katie Mox and Will Brinson here, joined by Sportsline's finest, RJ White and Alex Selznick, a.k.a. Prop Stars. Hey, if you like winning picks, make sure you sign up at sportsline.com and use the promo code PICK to get your first month for just one dollar. Look at Brinson and I. I know. We look fantastic. Yeah, we I, always do. But arguably... I mean look sharper than I do there. Which... I, I don't, I don't know about that. I think I, I had never done, honestly, had never done a um, photo shoot like that. Like we flew out to Nashville, by the way, sportsline.com slash join use promo code pick first month for a buck, obviously. Or um, use the, or scan the QR code. Scan the QR code. That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, like the whole, uh, the whole, the whole photo shoot thing. Yeah. You know, it's not really my bag, but uh, it, was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was interesting. I was like, could you guys, the, um, the 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 lady the girl the lady the girl was doing the photo shoot had like good tunes going which was which was a huge help because mm. you have to stand there and do like weird poses and um and uh, I will say that uh, the one the what you can take the promo code down now it's, it's getting <laughs> creepy uh, I will say the one thing that like um I was I, we were we went to hair and makeup and uh, I think it was like it was me Ryan Wilson and John Breach walking there and Emily Proud who's like one of the two four seven anchors was in there too like getting hair and makeup done and the lady looks at me she goes you you don't need anything done to your hair I was like I'm sorry could you say that into the recorder because I, I want it known that I, I need nothing done to my hair to go to a photo shoot like my hair just looks perfect for a photo shoot thank you very much ma'am makeup hair lady. Well, they must have been playing Fish and or uh, The Dead if you were in such a good mood. I think it was just like a rock. I think it was just like a rock. Like, but it was. Well, we had to do a bunch of like, like crazy. Like you can see on the YouTube page, like you know, like had to be like when you look surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh, like act shocked or like act act surprised by a anyway. Yeah. Right, um, yeah. RJ, RJ and uh, prop stars don't want to listen to us talk about uh, the the photo shoot there, but. Talk about yourselves some more, guys. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think it's appropriate that those photos were taken in Nashville because you guys look like you're ready to do a country duet or something. Together. Oh, we could do that. Um, Nashville, the, the, play, the only place in um, 
in the world. The only time I've ever had to get stitches in my entire adult and my entire life. Where'd you get them? Fell off a bird scooter at the draft. Oh, I've never, I've never ridden a bird. I was sober. For that exact reason. They were, like, when I lived in LA, they were everywhere. I never got on one. Yeah. Um, there's actually an article on the internet about it. Um, oh, okay. Uh, all right. Last episode. Um, <laughs> Brinson, Brady, and Leger talking about the Browns curse, Nick Chubb's injury, and Justin Fields coaching jabs. Check it out on YouTube or anywhere that you get your podcasts. We are coming off of a bounce back week, guys, after pretty miserable start, uh, to say the least. I went five and three. Brinson, four and one. Stay hot, kid. RJ, two and three. Prop stars, three and two. How do we feel about week two? I loved it. Well, yeah, you loved it. I had a lot of Niners props, which is why I think my average went up a little bit. Christian McCaffrey did not get over on his receiving yards, um, but other than that, I went like good. eleven and five, I went like eleven and five in my home picks league, and then but like somehow like like six and eight and on CBS Sports, like whatever the number would be on like CBSSports.com. I think I guess the lines moved or something like, or like you know the Eagles and the Vikings line moved significantly, where it was like six and a half. So if you were like, you know, it, it was just, it was just one of those where it was trapped right on the edge. Um, the uh, RJ, I'm curious what you thought about Sean McVay kicking the field goal. Yeah. What is he doing there? I mean, he must've, he must've um, needed the cover there. So thank you, RJ. Thank you. Brinson doesn't think so, but Brinson is oh, also a McVay and Stafford apologist. I don't think he necessarily needed the cover, but I think he knew how many people had hammered San Francisco no. minus the seven and a half. No. He was like, F you guys. I'm going to kick the field goal here and, and just ruin your day. If we Sean, can't win this game, you're not going to win your bets. Sean McVay was not aware of the point spread as he sent the field oh, goal team dude. out there at the end. So he says they're all aware of the point spread. Every dude. player, every coach knows that what, what not level in the, of Not in the moment. Not like, not like a, like a two-minute. So, I, mean, I think that I, uh, we talked about this on yesterday's show. So you can go listen to Brady and, and Lee talk about it too. And they, look, there's reasonable skepticism everywhere about it. And McVay addressed it. He's like, uh, artist, he's talking about his PR guy. He's like, he tells me that everyone in Vegas is really mad at me. Obviously, well, I'm Vegas not aware of that. happy with you because you made them a lot of money. No, he means like every people, like every, like yeah, just he, he made just like gamblers are mad because like the, the Rams ended up covering. I think they're just running their, I think they, he, I think his excuses or his, his not excuses, logic is perfectly reasonable. They were in their offense designed to get down the field and get a field goal, try and get an onside kick and then try to get a touchdown. And that's, like, that's just what you do nowadays. If you're down, if you're down 10 points, you go get the field goal first. And then, but they, they took too long getting, the, getting into field goal range. Now, could you have taken a, but like, if you take yes. a knee, if you take a knee with, with four seconds, left, people are like, what, he's giving up. You just give it up. You don't try anymore. Like, you, yeah, well, like no, the, the alternative, the alternative. The alternative is having Stafford go out and throw a Hail Mary, and then that's one more incompletion or interception on his total, and that might be what Or he's one more, like, fame, hit. So one more hit he takes. One more hit he takes. He's yeah. not going to take a hit on that play. Okay. RJ, curious, uh, any key takeaways from week two for you? Yeah, it was an interesting bounce back spot. It's, it's typically an overreaction time because um, you see the lines move so so desperately one way when people overreacting on lines. But um, I don't know that that was necessarily the case. We had some some decent line movement, but not as much as we usually see. So um, it was interesting to see which one of those played out. Um, the, the What I've seen, and that includes this week as well, is that the market really loves the Raiders. We saw them move the line yeah. in week one toward you the know you know, in that Broncos game, and uh, they covered, and then they went back to it in week two. They moved the line on the Bills game, 
and they did not cover. And then they're right back to the well this game. It seems like they're everybody's back in the Raiders. Um, that line shot up to minus two and a half for the Raiders. So I don't know what the market's seeing there, but uh, that, that was kind of my takeaway is which teams do the, does the market like? And it turns out that that's one of them. It, it is bizarre. Like I, we, we picked that game on the – so we already did our segment between me and Coach – uh, Jonathan Coachman of the Early Edge podcast. You can check out Prop Stars on there as well. RJ, you don't do Early Edge, do you? I do Early Edge. We do the NFL preview show on Tuesdays right. at 4 o'clock right. for an hour. Me and Larry go through every single game, give our leans, give our likes, our early best bets, get, get on the lines now. Um, so that's a good one to check out. And then I do Early Edge um, in the morning on Sundays just to get okay. a few best bets on the, the later lines, people looking to bet right before the game. I don't watch it out of principle because Coach is hosting and he had already had to have And he's like, you know, Brinson was watching the Early Edge. I'm like, you know, and he's like, he's like, Brinson of the Cover 3 podcast. I was like, dude, it's, I'm not, I can't watch Early Edge now, obviously. Um, but yeah, like I think uh, it, is, it is a good show to watch. Uh, a lot of sharp people on there, including Pop Stars and RJ, obviously. And, um, but you know, we did the head to head. It was like, we we're picking it. And like, I look at that game. I'm like, why are the Steelers like, why are the Steelers should be favored in this game? Right. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into uh week three. Cause we have a lot of games that we have to get by. Uh, please note guys that all odds, um, and lines are subject to change all the way up until kickoff. We are hitting these at about 2 PM on Thursday. There will likely be some movement. So go ahead and check with your book, uh, before you tail any of these bets. Starting with the Titans at the Browns. Browns are laying three and a half. This total 39 and a half. Obviously, the Browns coming off of um, a huge injury and blow to their season with Nick Chubb. Um, and RJ, you can you can tell me about this, but I saw something that said that Nick Chubb was worth like almost a whole point against the spread. I think it was like 0.75. So this loss, and we've seen it change a lot of their futures odds, but just how big of a loss um, in the gambling world is Nick Chubb? Yeah, he's one of the few running backs you could say that about, that you can make the argument he's worth a point. I think, you know, I don't know if I go that far. Um, a lot of their success does come with the offensive line, um, but you couple that with the Jack Conklin injury from the week before, then, then you're starting to get a little more worried about the run game in general. So I think they, if they have any more key injuries to that offensive line, it could go downhill in a flash. Um, the Jerome Ford looked good, though, um, so behind that offensive line uh, in filling in. So I don't think we're going to see a massive drop-off here, but it really does stress that you're going to put the game more on Deshaun Watson's shoulders now. And um, Never want to be there. And he, 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 yeah, he has not proved that he can handle that. So this is last chance to sow something. Ten Tennessee's past defense is struggling, um, and so if he's going to do it, he needs to do it this week. Um, but Tannehill looked much better in his game. Um, I don't know if the Tennessee offensive line can hold up against Cleveland's defense. I think Skaronsky's going to miss another week. Could get ugly for them. Even with that, I think you got to lean to Vrabel as a dog yet again. Um, at plus three, it was a lean for me at plus three and a half, which is now in the market. It's a best bet for me. I think this line should be three at worst. Yeah, and uh, we actually saw if you um, – what you – we saw in, in our rundown, you can see where we updated the lines and it moved to three, Tennessee plus three, and then like Browns minus three, minus 115. So this is one that's kind of bouncing back and forth. So make sure you're shopping, getting the best line. You, the three and a half versus the three, obviously, huge. I mean, a huge, huge yeah. difference in terms of um, how often you see, you know, th like that hit where three is that key number. I, look, you know, I've mentioned the, the me versus the coach thing. I'm like two seven, two seven and one on the season somehow, and that's and that's just humiliating. Uh, long season, not that worried about it. But my two wins sound slightly worried. No, nah, I don't. I don't really. I don't. I mean, it, it's it's not great that they're 
throwing up the graphic that says 271. Yeah, no one, no one likes the graphic. <laughs> That's really the hard part. It's like, hey, can we, can we just be done with that? <laughs> uh, actually, I, I said that I joked that 271 is the uh, area code of Brinsonville. It's, not, it's actually not claimed yet. It's, a, it's not recognized as an area code anywhere in the North American territory. So um, I'm claiming 271, Brinsonville. And when, um, when I am forced to move out of my house because my picks are so bad, that will be my area code that you can call me at. I will, uh, anywho, I will take the Titans here. My, 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 my point being the two, two, the two wins are both Titans wins. It's the only thing I've won in this stupid contest because Vrabel's great against the spread as a dog. He, he should, could be, the Titans could be two and oh as an underdog this year. They could have easily beaten New Orleans. And, um, I, look, I think that the Titans play this style of game that is going to be conducive to not many points. You're going to see them run the ball a ton. Try to make sure that Ryan Tannehill doesn't get sacked, doesn't make too many mistakes. A little worried that, you know, we saw them um, in week one against a, what looks, what we think is maybe a good Saints defense, that they struggled and only put up 15 points. And now you get this Cleveland defense to be pretty good. But a lot of injuries in the back end for Cleveland. I think Ryan Tannehill can do a, enough to get going. And I, I got this feeling, man, nobody's going to want to play Derrick Henry in DFS. People are a little wary of him regular. I think they're playing in regular fantasy. It's got a feeling Derrick Henry's like due to pop one off. So I'm going to take the Titans plus three and a half. I actually think there's a decent chance they could win, but I don't think Katie will see many points. Uh, no, I lean with you guys on Tennessee here, but I'm going to take this under 39 and a half. I read a stat this morning that was pretty impressive. Through the first two games, the Browns defense has yet to allow an opposing offense to run a play inside the red zone. Uh, the offense, of course, now without Nick Chubb, led by Deshaun Watson, less impressive. Uh, Brown Steelers did go over, but that was because of two defensive touchdowns. Watson is 26th in success rate, 27th in sack rate. And I do believe that Tennessee's defense is a little bit underrated in my opinion. I do think that they can wreak havoc on Watson. The Titans were able to put up 27 um, against LA, but the Chargers can't stop anything. I see this game being closer to maybe the Saints game in week one, where Tennessee only dropped 15 points. So I will take that under 39 and a half. Yeah, I've got my eyes on DeAndre Hopkins as a potential back bounce back candidate. His receiving yards is currently around 50. Uh, last week, didn't practice all week, still ended up playing. Uh, didn't look particularly good despite Tannehill having the good game. He's already logged a practice yesterday, which is certainly a good sign, full participation. So I think we're going to see a healthy DeAndre Hopkins in this matchup. I like him to go over 50 yards. As far as, far as the Browns are concerned, offensive players on there, I was really impressed with Jerome Ford, but this is a matchup in my opinion where it might be worth fading him. Tennessee's rush defense, in my opinion, is as good as any in the league. Last year, they were first in rushing DVOA. This is carried over this year with Jeffrey Simmons clogging up that middle for Tennessee. So I think this is a potential spot to fade Jerome Ford. Uh, really tough to watch Cleveland's passing game. Elijah Moore continues to have a huge target share. Hasn't resulted in very much production. You would think that's eventually going to come, considering it's close to a 25% target share. But yeah, I'm just kind of avoiding this Cleveland offense, especially in this matchup against Tennessee. All right, let's move along to the Los Angeles Chargers. We actually played the Titans last week, and this is my favorite game of the week. Really? I mean, just because it's gonna be stupid. Oh yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't like. It doesn't matter what what the final score is. Yeah. Like, and and I think it's really interesting that the over under here shot up from fifty one. We mentioned on the early odds uh, show to fifty four and a half. And has since dipped all the way back down to 53 and a half. The Minnesota Vikings, minus one and a half, hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. Both teams 0 and 2. Both teams just total dirt fest. 
like somebody like I feel, like, feel like this like game like people expect I mean like you, you think you look at it you're like all right cool like this is gonna be like 75 to 74 crazy like 72 yard field goal in the game at the same time you kind of you kind of feel like there's a chance that this just ends up being like these teams march up and down the field and then like Justin Herbert and Kirk Cousins keep like falling over their feet in the red zone and nobody scores or something like that. Uh, but RJ, I mean, you look at this game and um, like, I, like I would lean towards the over, but it's probably too high to play it at this point. Um, but it's hard to imagine there not being a bunch of passing yards in this game, right? Yeah, I think that the over, um, it doesn't have much value in it at this point, but I would play Cousins over 293 and a half pass yards. Uh, the Chargers still look like a lot less than some of their parts with their latest meltdown. Their offense moves the ball, couldn't figure it out in th- on third down, 2 of 14 against Tennessee. Pass defense has been abysmal fight, despite facing Tannehill um, in that game. Too many big plays, 20 of 24. Tannehill averaged more than 10 yards per attempt. Kirk Cousins has had 44 attempts in each of his first two games. You can do the math there. It's going to be a huge game for him if he gets anywhere near uh, what we've seen from these two teams. Uh, Minnesota's pass offense can definitely hit those big plays that Tennessee, that the Chargers are giving up with Jefferson, with Addison. So I think the game's going to go to whoever has the ball last. I think it's better to live bet it. Um, I think if you want to play a pregame, you might go Chargers first half, just knowing that they tend to melt down um, and then look to bet the Vikings when you get a good number with the Vikings at uh, plus money. But, um, but in terms of the best bet for this game, I think it's just Cousins going over his passing yards because he should get, he's had 340 plus in two games and against this defense, I don't see why he doesn't get in that range again. That is going to be a wild game. There's going to be turnovers, a lot of points. Any any thoughts from you, Prop Stars, about Herbert in that game? Yeah, I think this is going to be an explosive game, especially as uh, you guys mentioned between the 20s in particular. So I love RJ's prop on Cousins. Uh, I think both teams will be able to move the ball quite a bit. I'm probably looking to invest in a lot of cheap pieces on both sides of the football. We obviously know. Uh, I, I think I saw Justin Jefferson's receiving prop is over triple digits. It's over 100 yards wow. right now. I don't know if I've ever seen that uh, looking at props and history. Uh, so, yeah, pretty impressive number there for her or for excuse me, for Jefferson. Uh, I'm interested in KJ Osborne. He's had a nearly a hundred percent route participation in two straight games. Jordan Addison, obviously rightfully getting a lot of attention as a very good wide receiver, but he's got like a 60% snap share. KJ Osborne has been on the field for every single cousins drop back, uh, considering how cheap he's going to be both DFS his receiving prop hasn't come out yet. I'd imagine it'll be around 30 to 35 yards. That's certainly someone I might potentially target. All right. Uh, Good to know. All right. Moving on. The Patriots and the Jets. Traditionally, uh, Belichick just absolutely owns the Jets. They cannot get a win there. Line is two and a half over under anywhere from 36 and a half to 37, uh, depending on where you get it. But I will say that there is a bomb cyclone or a tropical cyclone. Excuse me. Um, What? Is it a bomb cyclone or a tropical? I love a bomb. Ah. A bomb Bomb cyclone is snow. Bomb cyclone is more fun to say. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, bomb cyclone is usually snow. Like that usually happens. Like, like it's like, it's where I think the term bomb cyclone. I mean, don't take my word for it. I'm not a meteorologist. I did take weather and climate twice in college. Wow. It's so so fun. I wanted to take it again. Um, <laughs> thanks, Dad. Uh, I um, I think that um, a bomb cyclone is like basically this giant like thing of snow where like if it gets hit with the right pressure system, just unleashes like several feet of snow. This is an actual. Tropical. tropical cyclone yeah right. like a, like a sense basically basically this is a poor man's this is a poor man's hurricane all right a poor man's hurricane well all that to be said i'm taking the under i kind of like the under before i knew uh what the weather was going to be like look the patriots offense actually hasn't looked 
that bad. I mean, not as bad as I think at least me that I thought they were going to be. Mac Jones has had his moments. Kendrick Bourne has been a bright spot, had two touchdowns versus the Eagles. None last week. The Jets secondary um, is legit. They were able to hold Dallas to quite a few field goals um, last week. But I do think that the Jets defense is getting a little bit worn out. They've been on the field for 151 plays. That's the most in the NFL so far this season. But I just think that this one weather and the two defenses is going to be a slugfest. So even though it's really low at 37, I'll still go under. I'm going with a teaser in this game. I'm teasing the Jets up from two and a half to eight and a half. Such a low scoring game. You don't expect the margin of victory to be very big. New England, I agree. They impressed against Philly, um, both offensively and defensively. A different team showed up against Miami. They did not look good at all in that game to me. Thought they were going to play a lot better. Run game continues to lack, even though Miami struggled against the run that week one. Could not do anything. New England couldn't do anything in week two. So I think the Jets defensive friend should devour this New England offensive line. That's been pretty beat up. Miami's offense gave the Jets a blueprint to have success with the run game. Um, and when they, you know, the, it kind of flipped the switch and, and we thought uh, New England was going to have success in the run game. It was Miami that ran all over them with Raheem Mostert and the Jets will try to do that with Brees Hall. They couldn't do that against the Cowboys today. The game couldn't get going. Um, my one worry is what Katie said about how many defensive plays that they were on the field for that game. Um, so are they going to be tired for this one? I don't think so. Their 2023 is out the window. Um, so the, they've heard all the things about the New England win streak. They can't beat New England. So I think this is their Super Bowl. They, they came into that season expecting to compete for a Super Bowl. All they have now is to beat New England and get this win streak done. So I think they're going to be competitive and in doing that, um, whether they win the game, whether, you know, Matt, uh, Bill Belichick still figures out the Zach Wilson formula again and again, who knows? I just, with the score the way it is, with the weather the way it is, I don't think New England can win this game by more than a touchdown. That's why I like teasing it up to plus eight and a half. Yeah, I, I think it's a pretty good team. I love that we get the first uh, tropical cyclone, not, not, that, not that we like, Tropical, you know, like we like hurricanes. They're, they're devastating. I'm just saying we we have the first weather thing and RJ's first teaser of the year mm. in the same game. That's what I'm yeah, like I, I'm a big I, I love weather. I think I think it's fascinating. Like I'm I'm sort of obsessed. I'm sort of fascinated by weather. Um, you took it twice. That's right. <laughs> weather and climate. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I had another joke to make. I'm not going to make it. Um, but uh, the my point being is I'm going to take the under in this one. And I think if you're watching the show right now on Thursday, live on YouTube, youtube.com slash at NFL on CBS. I think you have to plug in. You can't just type the NFL on CBS. Um, if you're listening to the show and you're however you uh, give us a five star rating, like subscribe, smash that like button. If you're in the chat, get the under in now because yeah. it is going down. It was 37. That's a really low over under. It's down to 36 and a half on FanDuel with the under juice to minus 115. And here's the thing about this under. The Patriots, one, it's weather. Two, these are two teams that are going to literally try to win the game with defense. Like Bill Belichick is not going to let Bill O'Brien dial up plays designed to put Mac Jones in situations where anything could go wrong. Because I think he firmly believes, and I think the, I think the, um, I think the Jets believe sort of a similar thing, but I think Bill Belichick firmly believes that if he gets 10 points, he can win this game. Like he thinks like the Jets believe yeah. Yeah, three points, three points can win this game. The Jets lost the Jets like defense held the Patriots to three points last year and they lost the game. The, Belichick is gonna run, run, maybe pass in certain situations, probably run again, punt the ball. He like he's not just gonna take it out of Mac Jones's hands, he's gonna put the ball in Zach Wilson's hands. And be like, look, I'm going to throw coverages in the back end that are mess Zach Wilson up, load up the box, 
dare the Jets to try to like like stop them from running the ball and force them to use Zach Wilson. Sort of like the way the Jets got J- Josh Allen, right? Make him impatient. Make him do something. Make him make a mistake. Get a sack. Get something. And don't be the team that makes a mistake. Now, the Patriots the first two weeks, uncharacteristically, mistake-ridden early on in games. I think they try to correct that. Belichick knows he can't go to 0-3. Sure as hell doesn't want to go to 0-3 against the Jets and understands that streak. I like the Pats here too, but the weather is a concern, so I'll just take the under. Props, do you like anything here? Not a lot here. I agree with you, Brinson. I think we're looking at a very conservative game plan from both coaches. I think we're going to see a run-heavy approach as well. The Patriots, as RJ mentioned, though, have just been so ineffective running the football. That offensive line is just not generating much push at all. No open running lanes for Ramondre Stevenson. As a result, we've seen just a high-volume passing attack from New England, which is obviously not what they're looking to do. So, yeah, this is mostly a stay away from me. Some very low numbers in this. Might look at Brees Hall, a couple of the running backs, but yeah, not a lot that I like. Brinson, you want to trend trend to back up your play? There's a, yeah. I looked into this earlier. There were eight games since 2020 where the total was 38 or less, and the road team was favored. The under is seven and one in those games. One game, the one game it didn't hit, Baker Mayfield's Christmas Day game last year, where oh. they scored 51 points and, and beat the over under on his own. Oh, that's right. That was an interesting Good stat, one. RJ. Yeah, great stat. Uh, then, and well, there's three games that are stuck in. By this the way, I just smashed the like button on this on this video. So if I can be on this video and smash the like button, you people in the chat can smash the like button. Go ahead, smash it. Boop, boop, boop. The sound effects are really what uh, did it for me there, Brinson. All right, the next there's three games that are going to be affected by the tropical cyclone. Next one, Bills at uh, Commanders. Bills laying six and a half, coming off a huge bounce back for them. Josh Allen, three touchdowns, no interceptions uh, versus Vegas. This total, 43 and a half, 44 and a half. Now it's down to 43 and a half. Uh, RJ, any thoughts on this game? I know you don't have a best bet, but any leans? Yeah, totals coming down. You see some sixes in some spots. I know the mar- the sharps in the market. Once it got to seven, they were taking Washington. So I don't think it had a chance of getting over. I liked Buffalo. I thought the sharps were wrong on that, but that's in a regular game where the weather isn't a concern. You get this game with with massive wind, whatever it's going to end up being with these conditions. Um, that's not played to Buffalo's favor, I don't think. So it's going to be a stay away for me, just not knowing the 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 effects of the game. We're going to have to track the weather a little bit better and then decide what to play. But I wouldn't want to be on Washington two and zero. But they needed fourth quarter comebacks versus two awful teams to get to two and oh so I, I don't really believe in them the buffalo offense right now is interesting um we've seen them be big play oriented in the past josh allen had 8.8 yards per completion against vegas its lowest full season rate is 10.8 in that stat he, so it seems like he's he's kind of becoming more of the patrick mahomes you know just matriculate the offense down the field and uh, and pick up these first downs rather than having to hit the big plays. And I think that's actually a positive for them. They also called 30 running back run plays in that game. They averaged just over 18 last year. You know, they seem to have more confidence in the run game this year. The three-headed run game somehow, Latavius Murray just is, is the walking corpse and he won't die. He just always shows up for fantasy managers, ruining the, the, the fantasy backs that they have. Um, so, so it'll be interesting to see how much all three of those guys mix in there. Yeah, I mean, it's a uh, – this is a – this game scares me. I like my bills, but it scares me a little bit. I want nothing to do uh, with, with betting on this game. What I do want to do, though, you can't watch the Buffalo Bills on CBS, of course, Sunday. We're going to go to a break. But first, Sunday, it's week three, and the NFL and CBS features the next chapter, the AFC East rivalry between the Patriots and the Jets. 
or the Broncos taking on the Dolphins get set for kickoff beginning at noon Eastern with JB and the guys on the NFL today. All hail Sunday. The NFL is on CBS and streaming on Paramount. Plus, you can see that early slate of games on CBS. We got more picks to make coming up after the break next. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, one last game for the tropical cyclone, not to be confused with the bomb cyclone. The Colts at the Ravens, line is eight and a half. This this total low again, obviously because of the weather, 44 and a half. Prop stars, any props that you are interested in? I know you don't have a best bet again for this game. Uh, Baltimore has been kind of up and down with injuries. Anyone you've kind of zeroed in on? Yeah, taking a wait and see approach, any of these games that could be heavily impacted by the weather. Uh, I I was really encouraged by Mike, or excuse me, Mark Andrews' usage in his season debut in week two. I expect uh, that to continue to be a trend. Obviously, the rookie Zay Flowers, super impressive. That big pick, uh, fourth quarter reception, even though the quiet game prior to that just shows he has a big playability, can make a huge uh, impact pretty much any time. So, yeah, I think this is a good spot for Mark Andrews, potentially uh, against a soft cover zone of the Colts. Uh, could have six, seven receptions in this game. But, yeah, just going to kind of wait and see what the weather pans out before I make any plays. Yeah. We've also got um, uh, the Richardson thing with concussion. I mean, he hadn't cleared oh, concussion yeah. protocol yet. I mean, like, it's – it's that's why it's – Ticked up to is it seven and a half now? Or where, where are we at here with it? I'm looking at it's eight off. or eight and a half in the market. Um, eight and a half, which is in the, which is a that's a Gardner Minshew line, right? Maybe um, you know, with how much buzz Gardner Minshew gets, I would figure maybe the line doesn't move that much. If, if he's in, you know, he was so good uh, against te- the Texans last week that people are going to want to buy into him. And if they see a big number in in a regular game without this weather, they would I think they would want to play it. I'm more apt to play the the. Colts, if Richardson is in and giving him that, that new element to the offense that Shane Steichen wants to run that you don't really get with Minshew. Um, and in this type of weather game where running is so key, I would love to have him in there. So um, if he is in, I probably look to play the Colts, but if not, probably a stay away. Also, Richardson, if he does play, he's been kind of a cash cow for an anytime touchdown. Doesn't protect himself yeah. very well, but he's been getting in the end zone. Uh, I would tell people too, if you're, um, for fantasy purposes, if you if Richardson got dropped, go grab Richardson and stash him on your bench as a quarterback. I mean, he's a fantasy stud with just how much he runs, especially near the goal line, if he can stay healthy. I mean, he put up, I think, 18 fantasy points in standard leagues, even with um even leaving like basically at halftime with a concussion. So not a uh, not a terrible way to potentially steal a, a league winning quarterback. Elsewhere in rookie quarterback news, CJ Stroud. Heading to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. Jaguars minus eight and a half at last check, I believe. Yep, Jaguars minus eight and a half and over under a 44 and a half. That is creeping up. CJ Stroud's like top five in the league in, in terms of passing yards. Wow. I know, right? Maybe he's at least top six or seven. Does that scare you at all, RJ, with the Jaguars laying eight and a half here? 
Well, you know why he's top five or whatever in passing yards. They're losing all the time. It's he's only played garbage time this year. They get down big right away. I think he was down eighteen against the Colts at halftime, and um, put you know put up some great stats in that game. But it didn't matter against the the score. You know the the number they uh, lost by eleven in that game. Indy Indy won beat them by eleven in Houston. Jacksonville beat Indy by ten in Indy. And I know that that fall final was a little bit false. That Jacksonville got a late touchdown there. But to me, that just suggests I know transitive property doesn't exist in football, but Jacksonville is so much better than Houston at this point with all of Houston's injuries that this should be a double digit number. That's why if you can lay it at eight and a half, which is what I did for a best bet, you definitely do that. Houston's pass offense has been solid behind a patchwork offensive line. But like I said, it's all the garbage time stuff. Um, their defense has collapsed with the safety injuries after a solid week one. They might get one of those guys back this week, but Tavier Thomas has been excellent as a slot corner. He's going to miss the game now too. Derek Stingley got injured in practice. He's going to miss the game it looks like and so it's just these injuries just won't stop for Houston and I well, they were already pretty bad um coming into the season they were projected to be one of the worst teams now think of how bad the backups are the guys that aren't starting for that team um so Jacksonville's offense did nothing right but Kansas City's defense might be elite with Jones back I think they can come in here and score 30 and, and cover this pretty easily I, I'll tell you what the oh, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna, well well it would be the first time that Jacksonville has won in the Trevor Lawrence era as a home favorite really yeah they're own four. wow that's fascinating. I yeah, I, like, I mean, I would I would lean towards the Jaguars here as well. The Houston is so so injured, and I think like the the bigger macro story about this game is that they may really really <laughs> regret trading that for future this upcoming future first round pick to come back up and get Will Anderson because if these injuries continue with a rookie quarterback in a division where the Colts look a little bit better than we thought. The Titans look a little bit better than we thought, maybe a lot better than we thought, and the Jaguars are a pretty good team. Like, if the Texans finish with the first overall pick in a draft that has Caleb Williams at the top and they just have to hand it to Arizona, that is an all-time mistake in terms of a front office draft move. Well, I don't think it's going to happen. They'll be better in the second half once guys get healthy. Um, And, you know, C.J. Stroud gets a little more experience under his belt. Um, Don't they look like the worst team in football right now? You can certainly make that argument, but this again, they came into the season with three guys on IR on the offensive line. It was always going to be hard for them. Um, Once they get healthy, I think I I I actually like the offensive line, the players that were involved there when they were healthy. So we'll see if they can gel in the second half. And D'Amico Ryan's, I believe in him as a coach. I just don't think that he's going to win one game or two games on the season. I think he'll be able to cut it out, get the four or five wins, and probably get the give them the three pick or the fourth pick, which isn't much better. But but uh, it wouldn't be the number one pick. Okay, fair enough. All right, next up, Falcons at Detroit. Uh, Detroit coming off of a heartbreaking loss to Seattle. Big upset last week. Lions laying a field goal, total 46 and a half. Prop stars, you've got a prop for us here. Yeah, going to back the rookie generational talent, Bijan Robinson, over 69 and a half rushing yards, coming off the big week two breakout. Finally, 19 carries, 124 yards, led all running backs in rushing yards on Sunday. Super impressive performance. Uh, obviously, the first game, Tyler Algier outcarried Bijan. That was not the case in week two. I do not expect that to be the case in week three against a Lions game that certainly should be up tempo. I think this game is going to feature a lot of offense. 
offenses. Obviously, we have two top 10 running backs facing off against each other. Certainly some pride uh, there. But yeah, I just think this is set up very nicely for Bijan to have a big day as the centerpiece of this Atlanta offense. We also know Detroit's defense has just been devastated with so many injuries. Wasn't very high on them even coming into the season. Uh, now, after just being decimated, I think the, the Falcons are just going to run all over them. I think it's just going to be a huge day for Bijan. So in addition to his rushing prop, I'll also be looking to attack some alternative lines for him, potentially to go over the century mark and maybe even to lead the day yeah. in rushing once again. Wow. Bijan, lead the lead the day in rushing. I love that. What, what was the, what were the odds last week? Was it like 30 to 1? 30 to 1. Yeah, I mean, you'll probably get like, what, 20 to 1 this week or like 15 to 1 or something like that. But still, like, Bijan is, dude, the dude is special. I mean, I told y'all, you Chris Stapleton style, how he grabs, <laughs> how he grabs and pulls at my heartstrings. Uh, he is legit. And the thing about me for this game is the Lions and the Falcons all season long are going to play close games. The way that they're built, the Lions can score. They can move the ball up and down the field. The defense is just banged up, as, as Alex said. And it's like they've got the like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson on IR. You're just dealing with these injuries. They're not going to be able to slow people down, I don't think, especially if those if who, whoever they're facing have like a decent quarterback and weapons. Like you saw Seattle do a really good job. Of like get the like DK Metcalf was running a bunch of short routes, doing like some slot stuff. Get the ball to DK's hands quickly. Um, you know, don't try and make Geno hold it. And you're going to see that Desmond Ritter's playing well. They got enough weapons there in with Atlanta in terms of Drake London and Kyle Pitts, where if they get down, they can get, come back. And I think like this is a really – you see the total, 46.5 for a Falcons game that's really high. This is a sneaky shootout, a sneaky DFS game uh, to, to target. And I, I just think if you're giving me 3.5 points with either the Falcons or the Lions on any given week, I am probably going to take it because – they just are going to keep games close. That's just sort of the style of play that these two teams have. If this are flipped, it's in Atlanta, and Atlanta's the Lions are getting three and a half. I'm taking the Lions. I just think it'll be a field goal game, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all though if Atlanta went in here and won, and suddenly they're three and zero, oh, and people are like, "Oh my God, who's that handsome bearded guy in the in the sports line photo that kept talking about the Falcons having the most wins in the NFL this season? Oh my God, who is it? Who is it? Like a lot of buzz at the water cooler for for me is what I'm saying. <laughs> Thank, thank, very, you about, thank you for telling me about. Thank you for telling me about Bijan uh, Will Brinson with the uh, Texas Longhorns football over my shoulder right here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you pulled me into that game. You're welcome, RJ. I knew that you might not have heard. No, I just meant. I, I mean, I didn't mean like. I mean, everyone knew Bijan. I just meant that like. I think people were like. I think people this year like soured on the idea of like a rookie running back having a major impact in the way that Bijan has because it had been like we had gotten we got Zeke and. We got Zeke's, Kareem Hunt, and Saquon in, in three straight years where, like, rookies were just dominant. And then people were like, eh, I don't know if it's going to happen again. Rookie running back. So, and Bijan is just that dude. Yes. Yeah. Um, New Orleans, Green Bay. Oof. I don't even know what to make of this game. Does Jordan love, does Jordan love like, a, I think he's ranked fourth on Cody Benjamin's quarterback rankings for this week. Wild. Which is wild. Which is pretty wild, yeah. Um but look, Jordan Love, three touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. Packers could easily uh, be 2-0. and yeah. oh, They throttled the Bears in week one, and then we're up you know, up on the Falcons, who, again, like played from played from behind. That goes back to that Lions game. Like They can play from behind. Uh, but they're getting probably the biggest test of the year. I think the Falcons' defense is really good, but New Orleans looks right now like probably a better defense. Um, Green Bay hosting the Saints. Derek Carr 
Oh, too bad it's not December in Lambeau Field because, my goodness, would it be lovely to see, get Derek Carr outdoors in the cold weather? Uh, probably won't be the case. Still, an over-under 42 and a half. I don't think we have any best bets here. RJ, uh, what, what's your lean here? My lean would be the Packers. I would disagree with the Jordan Love sentiment. I, I was high on him coming into the year. He looked great that week one. I don't think he looked very good last week despite throwing two, three touchdowns and no interceptions. But he's going to be better. Uh, he was missing Aaron Jones and Christian Watson for that game. Um, so you're, you're really just relying on Romeo Dobbs and a bunch of young guys who, who wouldn't be playing for most other teams, um, especially even a guy like Jaden Reed who's talented, you know, wouldn't be – seeing a, a ton of snaps early on as a rookie, um, if not for these injuries. So it was a solid day for them. When you take into account the injuries, I'm optimistic once they get healthy, that this could be a really good team. Their defense could not stop the elite run game last week um, of Atlanta, but New Orleans running backs have been awful. And now they're down to Tony Jones and Kendra Miller com coming, in, coming in on his first healthy game. We'll see how good he is um, in that, but don't really have expectation there. So it's going to be on Derek Carr to engineer the offense and score a bunch of points here to keep up if – Jordan Love gets some of these guys back and um, is able to score some points. New Orleans was a little better in the red zone this week, last week, but they're still taking too many short field goals. They still are not very good at, at closing out these drives. I would love Green Bay in the spot if not for the injuries. I'm, I'm surprised the market is ticking down. Maybe they don't expect some of these Packers guys to come back, but I do believe Aaron Jones was back on the practice field on Thursday, so that's good news for him. Let's monitor the Friday injury reports here, and if we get some positive news from some of these Green Bay offensive weapons and David Bakhtiari um, at left tackle, then and I'm going to be on Green Bay. Dig it. The Denver Broncos headed to Miami. Miami Dolphins, 2-0. Tua Tungvaloa, the, the uh, consensus favorite to win MVP right now. And we have a Dolphins uh, team that is favored by 6.5 with an over-under of 47.5. The Broncos 0-2, desperate to get a win in the Sean Payton, Russell Wilson era. And doesn't look exactly great for them, RJ. Probably not this week. Yeah, I mean, you're going down to South Beach, South Beach, or whatever. You know, it's like closer to Fort Lauderdale. It's like closer to RJ than South Beach. Um, <laughs> you're six and a half point dogs. Your offense has been okay. Your defense doesn't look that great. This is a robust total. I feel like this could be a pretty big shootout, RJ. The offense kind of has been okay. It's hit a few big plays in, in week two early on and then mothballed Marvin Mims for whatever reason. He was the guy that was hitting those big plays, and then they just took him out of the offense and decided to yeah. try to execute down the field, and that was not working. And they, that's how you lose a 21-3 to lead or whatever it was and need a Hail Mary to, to pad your stats there and make the offense look better than it is. Um, the line against New England said that Miami was elite, being favored by two and a half in New England. Um, and this doesn't say that they're elite, being s just six and a half at home against a bad Denver team. When they've had a good home field advantage, especially early in the year, when these teams have to play in that heat and they get in the, the sunlight of the stadium, and it just it takes so much out of you in the second half. Um, so I'm, I'm confused why this game is so low. Um, I know Larry likes Denver on this side, especially a plus seven, but mm -hmm. I think this line should be like nine and a half. I mean, wow. Miami's defense stepped up versus New England despite the injuries. This is going to be easier test here. They should get some guys back. I think Teron Armstead's on track to come back this week. I think Jalen Phillips is going to play this week. We'll see if Jalen Waddle's okay to play. And if he is, it could be a bloodbath here for me because um, Denver's defense, you just have in your mind that they have a good defense because we just expect that year in and year out from the Broncos, but they've been really bad. They, they were the reason that Washington came back in that game and uh, scored all those points. And um, I think Miami, with their offense, they could score, you know, 40 in this game. It wouldn't surprise me. So I would go Miami here. Minus six and a half just seems too short for me by a long shot. So that's why it's my best bet. 
Yeah, I don't look, I'm taking something kind of ugly. I'm going to take Russell Wilson over one and a half passing touchdowns at plus 123. And I agree with you, Wilson. I do think this might be a little bit of a shootout. No, I don't think that Denver is going to win this game, but they're definitely going to be playing from behind uh, when you got the NFL's best offense right now in Miami. Wilson's definitely going to be airing it out. He's almost back to his old self, right? Yeah. He had that 50-yard Hail Mary at the buzzer. Certainly something to build off of. Um, Worst half, he was awesome. He averaged like 19.3 yards per pass attempt. Like, he looked like old-school Russ throwing down the field. Yeah. yeah, there's some there's some remnants of that in there. And, yes, there is the Vic Fangio revenge game angle. So that's a little bit worrisome. He's definitely going to be under pressure. But he has cleared this in back-to-back games. Five passing touchdowns on the season so far. Against some pretty solid defenses up front. You know, Vegas, Washington, for sure. So I think that Russell Wilson at least gets two. And I like the plus money there. Alex, you look like you – yeah, yeah, go ahead, old Russ. Yeah, I think Russ has looked good when there's been a clear game script for him and when there's been design plays for him. When he's had to ad-lib, though, is when he's looked like the Russ that we saw last year in Denver. So it's kind of been a tale of two halves. He's looked good early on in the game, and then it's kind of tailed off as the games progressed. Uh, I agree with RJ. Uh, Mims playing 16 snaps is inexcusable when he offers that level of explosion. Uh, he needs to be on the field more absolutely. Denver definitely gen- having a tough time being balanced, just not really rushing the ball very effectively either. Uh, that sort certainly would help them out a bit. Uh, as far as Miami's offense is concerned, Waddle appears to be very iffy. If he does not play, uh, Tyreek Hill's receiving yards is 83 and a half, which mm. is just very low considering the type of target share that he's likely to get even if Waddle does suit up. So that kind of seems like a free roll to me in the sense that if Waddle plays, that's the number he's easily going to go north of a lot of hey, Waddle it was not at practice on Thursday either. So same sort of thing with Anthony Richardson where – you haven't cleared concussion protocol on Thursday. You're getting pretty close to to the point where you you if you don't clear by Friday, I don't think you're playing, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think it's a bit of a free roll to take Tyreek's uh, receiving yards at 83 and a half. So I think that's a very good look. I agree. This game does have some sneaky shootout potential as well. Yeah, I'm on the over. By the way, for a best bet, um, I guess I took it 48 and a half, so I can't take the 47 and a half out there, right? Is that yeah? That I how mean, that works? hey, what? 45? 45? Anyone? 45. Yeah. I'll buy it down if you want to. All right. We're going to take a quick break here, but we come back. We're going to take a look at the afternoon games. You're watching Pick 6. We'll be right back. Someone would like to explain to me why I've taken the Carolina Panthers the first two weeks of the season <laughs> against the spread. I would love to hear it. Um, they What a miracle push uh, in, in week two. Just garbage time. And uh, they are headed to Seattle with the possibility of Bryce Young not playing an ankle injury, kept him out of practice on Wednesday. I actually haven't seen the Panthers practice report. He didn't, he didn't practice Thursday. Didn't practice Thursday either. Not a good sign. Look, Panthers are 0-2. Who didn't practice? Sorry, I blanked out on what you said. No, uh, Bryce, Bryce Young didn't Bryce practice. Young. Is it not a bad sign? I mean, for the short term, it might be a good sign because you know the backup is. Andy, Andy, Andrew Gregory Dalton, of course. Um is that a good thing? I mean, no. In the yeah, short term, no. you know, I think I mean, Andy Dalton's probably better than Bryce Young. Look at what Bryce Young has done in the first two games. I think in the short term, Andy Dalton, with his experience, can at least get the ball down the field and maybe score some points, even with his back receiving course. So, I just don't. I just don't know that they can. Well, I mean, they can move the ball down the field like with several plays, but they can't. There's there's no one to attack deep on this team. There's nothing vertical for the Panthers, and the offensive line, excuse me, doesn't protect. Um, doesn't protect whoever's back there enough, and that's a big cause for concern for Andrew, Andrew Gregory Dalton because he he collapses under pressure. What's his name? Breach, I, know, I, Breach, I love the full name. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. 
And, oh, and he's you know who he's going against Eugene Cyril Smith the third too. By the way, I was waiting. Um, <laughs> uh, so put some respect on his full name. I look. I think that Bryce or Andrew or Andy Dalton. It doesn't really matter. Um, Seahawks are now minus six and a half. I think I, I we said on the early odds show on Monday. Watch Monday Night Football, and if the Panthers' offense looks like trash, grab the Seahawks minus four and a half. Mm-hmm. You got two points of CLV. Now that ain't get closing line value for those that don't know. Um, that doesn't guarantee anything. CLV, <laughs> CLV is a put type CLV since, on everybody's gravestone, right? Especially <laughs> since you had the C and CLV. It's Thursday. You're not you're not even close to the C. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. PCLV, pre-closing line value. Uh, but you already, you know, you already got the two points built in. This line keeps ticking up. I think Seattle – I don't think Seattle's defense is as good as um, uh, the uh, Falcons or the Saints, who the Panthers already played. However, it's pretty obvious you can put as many people in the box as you want, and you're not getting beat deep by the Carolina Panthers' offense. That means Miles Sanders has got to run the ball against a, a stacked box, which is hard to do, and an offensive line that's good on the run but bad against the pass. So if you get them in third and long – and they're in deep trouble. Meanwhile, Geno Smith bounced back in a big way, played some great football against Detroit. I think the Panthers' defense is better than the Lions' defense, but Brian Burns, I think he was at practice on Thursday with a helmet. Um, they are still uh, still extremely um, you know, like banged up on that side of the ball. You go all the way across the country on a short week. I love the Seahawks here. I love the Seahawks here too. And Brinson, you and I both got this at six. It's six and a half now. How high would you play this, Brinson? Not more than a, a touchdown. Uh, no, I wouldn't want it more than a touchdown. RJ, what does your power ranks have? My power rankings have it at eight, um, but I'm not rushing out with if Dalton plays to, to lay it with Seattle. Just the injuries continue to pile up with them. I think Jamal Adams might be coming back. I think he's back at practice, but Reek Wollen has hurt. Um, I don't think he's supposed to play, um, so that secondary does have a, a more concern there. Um, but you know, if, if Dalton can be, I mean, Gino's haters were justified in week one. I've been the biggest Gino backer of anybody. And, uh, and then I was justified in week two because he played awesome last week. So we don't know really what Gino we're going to get. We'll see if the offensive tackle, if Charles Cross is back, I don't think he practiced to start the week. Um, but even despite the injured tackles, Seattle had four touchdowns, three field goal attempts against the defense that limited Kansas city. So that was good to see. Um, Carolina's offense looks bad, less than 300 yards and two straight versus average defenses. So I do think Dalton could make a difference there, but Seattle's just too banged up to me to lay a bunch of points. So even at six and a half, I'm starting to lean the Carolina side um, and then hope we get an ugly little, you know, 24 to 20 type of win for Seattle and then they get out of there with the win. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm still taking the six. I'm taking the six uh, with Seattle. I just feel like maybe they're banged up, but Seattle is a good team and Carolina is still kind of figuring it out. Yes, Seattle lost to the Rams, but that's kind of how it always works out. We've talked about it on the show. Pete just can't seem to beat McVay. Um, and the Rams are better than everybody thought they were going to be coming into the season. The Hawks' comeback win against Detroit was really impressive, especially down some key offensive players in that game. Geno threw for 328 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Even if DK Metcalf isn't 100%, Kenneth Walker III has actually been pretty solid. Seattle's defense is a little bit worrisome. They're the only team to allow multiple 30-plus point games this year, but they're not up against Matt Stafford and Jared Goff, either it's Bryce Young, who's been struggling, or Andy Dalton that has a hard time putting points on the board uh, as well. So I will still um, I'll still lay the six points with, uh, with Seattle. All right, moving on. The Bears 
at Kansas City. I will say, I was watching a clip of Up and Adams, Kay Adams show, and she thinks that the Bears can beat the Kansas City Chiefs, which I am high on the Bears, but I am not that high on the Bears. Uh, this line, 12. Who, Who said and that? Huh? Never heard of her. Well, I, well, okay. We're not getting into that. Um, Kansas city minus 12 and a half over under 48 and a half. Um, again, I feel like I'm on a bunch of really gross props today, but I think that Justin Fields can get, uh, over on his passing yards was 171 and a half. He's thrown for 213 and a half yards per game, 42 more than this prop total. Um, he's also gone over the average for his season prop. It's 180 yards. So that's by 33 and a half. The chiefs are ranked 19th in their pass defense are allowing 223 and a half passing yards per game. Well, the only thing that worries me about this with him, because he has been throwing the ball a lot is the, the, the Bears did this last year where they try to make him a passing quarterback and then they realize it doesn't work and then they just let him run the ball. So hopefully they don't do that this week and just change the course and they continue to let him throw the ball. Now, I don't, there's no way I would ever take the Bears, even the 12 and a half. But, um, but I do think that Fields is going to get over this, this one second one. Well, you know, this might be the week that he does run the ball because he kind of lashed out at the, at the game plan. He's no. thinks, it seems like he's thinking too much and, you know, he's just going to go out there and play. And if he does, he might get one of those games where he's only throwing 20 passes, even if they so are. That would be big. horrible so, for me. So, so uh, I like the under in this game. Um, I have it as a best bet at 48 and a half. We actually put it on sports hindsight at 49 and a half at the beginning of the week before it dipped down to 47 and a half. I guess it's creeping back up for some reason, but this just seems like a great spot with this Kansas City games where they are huge favorites where um, you take the under because they're six and 10 against the spread as, as more than 10 point favorites in 2018 when Patrick Mahomes entered the league. But the under is 11 and five in those games with th the three of the overs being on the road. The only three games that were on the road in that slate were, did go over. So if you just take the home games here, uh, it's 11 and two to the under in this kind of spot for, for Kansas city. So that's why I don't think there's going to be many points in this game. I don't think the Chicago offense is going to score a bunch of points, four points, four and 4.6 yards per play in their first two games. Now they're going against what might be one of the best defenses in the league, just two touchdowns allowed to Detroit and Jacksonville's offenses, which a lot of people were optimistic on entering the season and still think are pretty good. Um, and Kansas city's offense didn't score a ton versus Jacksonville, but 6.2 yards per play. Um, but they're just struggling to score points. We'll see if they can get it done here. If not, uh, maybe, maybe the, uh, the bears can sneak in with a cover, but I think your best play is just to take the under here. Yeah. What, what, what is the, are the chiefs good on defense? I mean, Chris Jones back like helped a ton against Jacksonville, but like, they are pretty good, but they're, <laughs> I mean, they've given up like no points. It's crazy. Yeah. I think 4.2 4. yards per play. I think it was against Jacksonville. I mean, that's really good against a offense that looked pretty solid in the first week. 5.3 allowed to the, the bears as well. I mean, I mean they're the lions, excuse me. So yeah, I mean, but yeah, I, I'm staying away from this one. I would, I would lean the T. I, I think the under is probably the better look, as RG points out. Alex, you got anything here? I do. Yeah, not high on the Bears, but I am high on the rookie running back Rashawn Johnson. Uh, mm. Very impressed. Three down, versatile skill set. Has eight receptions through two games. Last week, Dante Foreman, who they signed to a one-year, two million dollar guaranteed contract, was inactive. So yeah, I think Rashawn Johnson is going to continue to be utilized more and more by Chicago's offense. Uh, yeah, I could see him potentially overtaking Khalil Herbert as the feature back. Last week, they were splitting series up until. Uh, Chicago was just a force to abandon the run. So I like him over 34 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. I think he's going to be on the field quite a bit. I think he offers a three down skill set. Obviously we've seen Justin Fields throwing in the ball, considering he's got eight receptions and limited playing time. So he's definitely a player on the rise and a guy I like this week. More Texas football running backs. Mm. 
Gotta love them. <laughs> Put that away. <laughs> I did a horns. I was like, we do that coach show again. I was like, anyway, you know, I, I was trying to like do like something. That I was like, did a horns down for no reason whatsoever. They were like, was Brinson throwing gang signs? What's, what's happening? <laughs> uh, Cowboys at the Cardinals. Another double digit point spread game. Dallas Cowboys have been uh, extremely interesting the first two weeks of the season. They're favored by 12 and a half here, over under 42 and a half, climbing a little bit with that juice. And actually, I guess it was 43 and dropped down, but still juiced up uh, to the over. The um, Interestingly, Alex, is the way that this is sort of uh, working out, what we saw in week two. I didn't learn anything about the offensive week one for the Cowboys, but week two, Tony Pollard, 25 carries, and CeeDee Lamb, the alpha. This this fits in with what we saw from Mike, Mike McCarthy when he was running offenses in Green Bay where he has got one guy, who does, one lead back and one alpha receiver, right? Yep, couldn't agree more, Brinson. I think CeeDee Lamb is ready to take that leap into the elite tier. I'm talking like the the Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill. So impressed with CeeDee Lamb so far this season. Love him in this spot this week to go over 69 and a half receiving yards. For one, the Cardinals are a significant pass funnel. Teams that play them opt to go pretty pass heavy. The run defense has actually been fairly good for the Cardinals through the season. Uh, so yeah, we just saw even in two blowout CD easily eclipse this number. I think he's going to have a pretty high target floor, even in spots where they're heavily favored, even in spots when they're uh, implementing a conservative game plan. The passing offense is engined by CD Lamb, who I just think is way too good for a number this low. So I'll back CD pretty much blindfold at this number under 70 yards. I kind of dig that. Katie, you got a bet here on the Cardinals, right? I do. I do. And look, I wasn't willing to take the double digits with the Bears uh, as dogs against the uh, Chiefs, but I am willing to take the 12 and a half Cardinals, uh, take those points there versus the Cowboys. Look, the Cowboys have a plus 60 point differential, but they've benefited from very, very high turnover rates from their opponents, 30% of drives. The Cardinals are minus seven and considered one of the weaker teams in the NFL, but they've been a little bit more impressive um, on offense than I would have thought. And you just have to think that there's got to be a little bit of regression coming for Dallas with this kind I don't want to say it's luck because the point differential or the, the turnover differential, but the Giants were so bad in week one that I think the hype on this Dallas defense is just a little bit too high. And RJ, you can probably talk to this more, but 10 is really a key number in terms of frequency of margin of victory in the NFL. So a point spread over, you know, 10 is going to be more valuable. Last year, I was looking at a graph this morning and last year, um, point spreads of 12 or higher just saw a 2% cover rate. This is one where it's ugly, but I'll roll the dice and say that uh, the Cardinals can stay within 12 and a half. I also think if Dallas gets up to a huge lead, you know, they might, you know, take their foot off the gas a little bit and then leave the Cardinals to have a little backdoor cover here. Love this play because this long ahead was 10 and a half and Dallas did what we thought they were going to do in Arizona, almost won that game and, and screwed up everybody's survivor pools. And they didn't in the end, but they did cover. So that's two Arizona losses, two covers. Yet the line inflates from 10 and a half to 12 and a half. It seems like no matter what Arizona does, it can't get respect and it's going to get even more disrespect. Um, the Jets hung in in the first half in that dead game before the offense fell apart. You know, it's not, they, when you see the final score, you're like, okay, it was completely dominant from front to back. I thought they were actually okay early in the game. Um, and then uh, the Dallas offense is just two of six in the red zone. So it's not like they're, you know, generating a lot of points touchdown wise. They don't need to against these teams. 
kicking field goals, but field goals is not the way you cover 13 on the road. Um, so Arizona's offense was good against Giants D 6.3 yards per play. I don't think they're going to score points here, but just being on the road, being Arizona has been frisky. I think the value has to be Arizona. If you play this, you got to play Arizona or stay away. Let's go RJ. Um, also worth noting, like last year, I think the first meeting between the Cowboys, and obviously it's not apples apples here because Kellen Moore is a play caller, but um, I think they held the Cowboys to like 17 points uh, in the Eagles first matchup. You know, Jonathan Gannon coordinating against against Mike McCarthy's team. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, some familiarity in terms of Jonathan Gannon going up against this Cowboys offense. Yeah, totally. Uh, all right. Pittsburgh Steelers coming off of a pretty big win there on thir- Thursday night or was that Monday night? Monday night. Monday night. Yeah, today's Thursday. So that would oh, be Monday night. Sorry, today is Thursday, Catherine. Yeah, today, today is Thursday. <laughs> the Niners are playing tonight. Hell yeah. Um, anyways, but that was mostly due to defense. Uh, Pittsburgh defense had two uh, turnovers that resulted they in... They didn't run a single play in the red zone. Yeah, Kenny, Kenny Pickett, for someone who looked so good in the preseason and went five for five with touchdowns every time that he was in, he has struggled mightily. Uh, and obviously, Matt Canada, a lot of people seem to blame him for everything, rightfully so. Raiders favored here, minus two and a half. This total, 43. Uh, Prop Stars, what are you looking at for this? Yeah, we're going to fade your guy, Katie, under 240 yeah. passing yards for Jimmy G. Uh, for one, I just think the Steelers, I don't think they have been a significant run funnel. We saw Jerome Ford with the monster game versus them. Nick Chubb obviously was off to a great start as well. Week one, Christian McCaffrey rushed all over, uh, excuse me, all over Pittsburgh. Uh, I expect Josh Jacobs, who's had a very slow start to the season, to be featured uh, heavily in this game. Also, I've been impressed with Pittsburgh's pass rush. I really think that's it's going to create problems for allowing those routes to develop down the field for Devontae Adams, for Jacoby Myers. 240 yards is just 20 yards too high, in my opinion. This number is just inflated. It's just an easy fade for me at this number. So, yeah, I'm going to take a shot at fading Jimmy G under 240 passing yards. Fair. But jo- Josh Jacobs, part of his struggles is that his offensive line is terrible. I mean, he has the worst before contact yards per attempt uh, in the league for anybody with any type of volume. And so I don't know that that changes just because Christian McCaffrey went off on this offense and, and the bear, the Browns with their great offensive line went off running the ball. Um, I, I have this as the second leg of my teaser. I mentioned the jets way earlier. This is the second leg teasing Pittsburgh up to plus eight and a half. This market has moved. Like I said, they're, they're love the Raiders. They've moved this line significantly. It was one and a half to the Steelers on the look ahead. Now it's two and a half to the Raiders. I don't get it. I know the offense has been bad for Pittsburgh, two incredibly tough matches. Um, and Vegas defense has proven to be pretty awful. Just look at that Buffalo game. Only two stops in opponent's territory in 15 drives this year. The only reason they only gave up 16 against Denver is because Denver ran six drives. And it was a very short game that they were just, you know, moving the ball up and down the field, just taking a long time to do it. So whether the offense for Pittsburgh is capable of holding the ball for 40 minutes like Buffalo did, I don't know. They haven't looked great, but maybe they could do it here because the, the Vegas defense is so bad. Offensive line, like I said, is a problem. Um, I would play Pittsburgh at plus three if available right now it's two and a half so that's why i put it with the jets as part of my teaser i think teasing both of those teams up to plus eight and a half is a great look are you surprised at all that like pittsburgh i I don't really get this line like i'm just kind of i mean i guess as i as i pointed out on um the uh on the on the on hq earlier today it's like there is a sneaky little factor here where pittsburgh's playing on uh sunday night sunday night not sunday at one or Sunday at whatever time on, on Pacific Coast, Sunday night in Las Vegas, which means you might have a little later curfew on Saturday <laughs> night in Las Vegas. 
I'm just saying, if I knew I didn't have to do anything until 8 o'clock at night on Sunday, and I was in Las Vegas on Saturday, I mean, I'm not a professional well, athlete. You, yeah, you in Las Vegas. Well, I don't know. Well, I think a I'd be great, in Las, I think I'd be great in Las Vegas, Katie. I think yeah. <laughs> no matter how long anyone sends me out there for, at any period of the time of the year, especially if there's a big party and football game going on, I think it'd be fantastic out there. I'm just saying, Yes. 8 o'clock at night. Maybe a little different than like a new, maybe a little different than a, like a four o'clock game, right? Where it's one o'clock Vegas time. It's, it's, like, it's like five o'clock. Don't night. those coaches know that? I mean, they're not going to put them up at like the MGM Grand or anything. I mean, it's, it's, they're, they're going to be yeah, staying no, know, like, you know, way away from the strip. And, and, I, and I just feel like in. there's been like some kind of home field advantage for Vegas where like we've seen, I just feel like we've seen a couple games where teams are a little lethargic when they, when well, they, it's like, a, it's like in the NBA when they get that, what that South Beach flu? Did they yeah, right, right, right. Or the, 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 the James Harden, you can like literally court, like you can literally, it's like a one to one correlation of where James Harden plays well versus like where the best strip clubs are, which is just, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's not like, it's not like anecdotal. It's like, it's like been mapped out. Like he just lights up. If he played in Tampa Bay, it'd be unbelievable. Anywho. Uh, real quick, because we got to get out of here. We're already over time. But tonight, Niners, Giants, Niners laying, I think, 10 and a half at this point. Would Rich, you be you asking? Think- would you be asking this if it weren't the Niners? Just had a curiosity. No, of course not. Okay, okay. Of course not. Uh, I, I bet the Niners on Sportsline, Sportsline.com slash join. Use promo code PICK. Uh, RJ, I put all my pick, I put all my bets in before I wrote my article. How about that? Um, I got the Niners at ten. No Saquon Barkley. No Andrew Thomas. This is a tough spot for the Giants. Short week. They stayed out there after that crazy comeback against against Arizona. Um, Christian McCaffrey is like 79 and a half rush yards. Yeah, <laughs> Give me the over. Unless it's just like defensive scores and, and a blowout. Uh, I love the Niners in this spot. Prop, you have any props? I think we see your guy, George Kittle, knock off a couple of those touchdowns on that season-long prop for you, Katie. Ooh. Yes. Yes, so, because the Giants have been – by the way, that's why I'm wearing my Kittle shirt today. The Giants have been vulnerable to tight ends. And George Kittle in prime time is when he comes alive. You saw that – Debo Samuel had a, the bulk of the uh, the work last week. Ayuk still doing dealing with a little bit of a uh, of an injury. So yeah, give me George Kittle all day long. Katie, if you bet that twice, twice, you, yeah, I was, I was going to say, Katie, if you bet the, you had the first touchdown score the the, yes, the Steelers, not on this show, but yes, on Monday right. night football. But I'm saying had, like yeah. the move is if you like if you bet Kittle first touchdown score, make sure you bet him. Anytime touchdown, because like he could score later and you would wipe out your losses on first touchdown. And then bet, as Prop Stars points out, bet two touchdowns. And frankly, you should probably sprinkle a little bit on three just in case. Let's go. RJ, any thoughts on tonight? Um, with Saquon out, Waller's number is too low in receiving yards at 47 and a half. I think he's going to go over that considering how much they're going to have to throw in this game. Um, I put I laid on Sportsline at the minus 10 for, for San Francisco, so I think they're going to win. But just those offensive line injuries are too much, I think, for me for the Giants to keep up in this game. But I do say think with them being down in the second half significantly, as you know, as correlates with that play, that Waller's going to get a lot of looks like he did in the uh, the fourth quarter last week. I think he was only at twenty something yards, and he got fifty yards like in the fourth quarter. And Waller, Waller, uh, DFS captain is what you're saying. Well, Waller for an exactly. anytime touchdown, I believe, is like three to one too, which I actually love that um, a lot. All right, I've took up too much time talking about the 49ers. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Make sure that you. Uh, Join us on Sunday for the Super Friends show um, and more NFL coverage next week. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube page. If you're listening to the audio version only, download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. Good luck on your bets next weekend. And uh, the Super Friends will see you for a recap Sunday night.